Welcome to our first Grave Words, the afterparty for Something Something Dragons live play of the Carrion Crown Adventure Path. In this episode, we're going to be recapping the first three episodes of the Adventure Path, which were episodes 7, 8, and 9 of the podcast. And we're also going to ask our players to tell us a little bit about their characters with some details that haven't shown up yet in play. Say hello, Rainbow Squad. Hey guys. I was excited. In future installments, we're also going to be responding to audience questions and emails here in the after party. Until we have those, I would like to give a shout out to a moment of silence for Hedwig, Lorelei Winstrider, T. Jeffs, and Polar Mira for leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate those reviews. It makes it a lot easier for other audiences to find us. And, of course, to email us, you would email us at untoldstoriesandgames at gmail.com. So, let's go ahead and start with the recap. Uh, episode 7 was The Restlands. So, who would like to try to sum up that first episode? I will. Okay, go for it, Blue. I'm gonna mess this up. Alright, so, episode 7. That was 7. <laughs> Alright, yeah, so episode seven. seven, we started with, and actually only had, getting ready for the funeral for the professor. Talia was, we arrived, well, Talia was the first to arrive, where she saw Kendra Lorimore and a bunch of other people whose names I'm never going to remember on top of my head. <laughs> uh, there was the councilman, there was the, the owner of the, I think, tavern and his son. Yep. There's also the alchemist in the town. Mm-hmm. And there might have been someone else that I forget. <laughs> There was another council member who didn't speak. Right. Uh, so they were them. Talia got here first, got there first, and she got, you know, she talked a little bit. Uh, then Azafa and Deliris arrived, so we kept trying for a little bit. And then last, Eklund arrived, because we didn't know where he was. <laughs> uh, and Eklund was also covered in new wounds and some that hadn't yeah. healed yet. Right. You, you forgot my cloak. You forgot my, you forgot my cloak. Right, uh, Elias had a new cloak, uh, we all were changed. Yep. Alright, so... It was a year. So, after that, what happens is we get to ask if we would like to be pallbearers. Pallbearers? That's the right word? That is the right word. Hey, uh, to which we all went, to, uh, yeah. So, we picked up the professor's, uh, coffin, and started all walking. As we're on our way, you know, I think the, uh, innkeep and the councilman helped, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we're walking, this group of idiots tries to stop us, saying that he was a necromancer and that we're not allowed to bury him here. We were allowed to go up the river, but, you know, we responded with, uh, no. Um, we all got a little defensive when they called him a necromancer. Kendra got really defensive. <laughs> and to start, we set down the coffin. Talia tried to negotiate, offering everyone 15 gold pieces. I think it was 15. It was 15 to start. 15 for everyone if they could just let us pass we didn't have to fight and you know just we could just go bury him nothing would have to happen and I rolled a natural one on that diplomacy you did so main dude called me a creature and basically said uh no to which she said fine anyone who doesn't fight us gets 20 six people were like hey that's smart and just stayed back the other six who were already by us were like uh no so the fight happens. Uh, Eklund almost killed some people. <laughs> Eklund tore some throats. Yep. Mm, almost. No, no one was dead. No one died. Only because you stabilized them. He was going for the kill on a couple of them. I never stabilized anyone. 
you did. You stabilized the the big guy because Eklund ripped his throat out with his claws. No. Most of them didn't. tried to knock unconscious, but that one he. Uh, we tried uh, Quenger. The only person that uh, you ever actually had the opportunity to try to stabilize was uh, the one who Kendra tried to make, melt his face off. Yeah. Oh. Kendra was I awesome. The, the father her. arrived before the rest of them could die and right. did a mass heal of everyone. Yep. Uh, there was one idiot who tried to take the coffin, which made Talia mad, so she threw a net at him. Right. Uh, but in the end, though, no one died. Uh... And that was the end of the first episode after the dude healed him. Right. Okay. So, uh, episode eight was a funeral for a friend. And who, other than Blue, would like to try to recap that one? <laughs> All I remember about that one was I think it was the one where Eklund gave the eulogy. It was? I just, I just sat in my... Like, it kind of helped because he's very awkward speaking in public. It helped that I spitballed the whole thing because I, 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 I think I was convincing just with the, um, uh, that kept happening. Yeah. I had no idea that I was going to do that and Eklund's not a public speaking person, but I can never miss the opportunity to just ad-lib along. <laughs> Makes me uh, quite annoying in English class. Okay. I'll do it, bro. Alright, so what else oh, happened in that episode? <laughs> I forgot everything except for Red. <laughs> I can do it! Let's hear from Red. Oh, okay. So, um, what happened? We, um, well, the episode before we left off at the fight, so we started off with burying him, and he had all those speeches and stuff. And, oh, we're kind. um, um, the attenders went their separate ways, Three of us, except Green, um, went with Kendra to her house to hang out for a while and read the, his will and Eklin for the will was read. Um, he stalked some of the council members mm -hmm. um, and went to one of their houses. Forget what happened there. But was nothing found. After a bit, um, he met up with the rest of us, um, um, so Kendra, well, no, not Kendra, someone could read the will at Kendra's house, so that happened, and he left us with a mission to return some books of his that are apparently dangerous in the wrong hands, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and most of us stayed the night in Kendra's house. Yeah, who slept in her lawn. We also got, um... We were also promised Apparently a lot he of... slept in a tree, not in her lawn. Yeah. Right, in a hammock in the tree. The reason why we want to get those books is because... Wait, we want to return them because there's a, a, a hundred platinum. Right. For each of us. Yes. Which, in total, would be a thousand gold. Correct. Eklund would not really love the idea of a bunch of uh, money he already spends freely because in his mind that just weighs him down while he goes and uh, d just defeats things. Like I'm actually at some point planning to have him melt down a bunch of his money to make something he actually thinks is worth carrying. But uh, he... Um, is going on he is agreeing to deliver these things for a different reason okay oh um and we also got quite a little bit on the air yet also got two uh hero cards yet yes 
you got hero cards again. Which me, Talia, really upset and start drinking more. <laughs> then that brings us to uh, episode nine, which was Welcome to Ravengrow. I'll do it. I mean, you guys can all kind of chime in together, but... I forgot yeah, everything. Here, I'll do... I, I can do the main talking and I'll let you guys chime in. Want to do that? If not, that's cool. Okay, that works. Right. I don't want to interrupt you, though. No, it's fine. I'll put pauses in. So, uh, it started off in the new morning, where, uh, you know, we all woke up and there was a lot of food. Food. Food's good. Yep. You know, Eklund was invited in, Kendra went off to church. So, after that, you know, as soon as she went off, Salia was like, look, bro, we need to talk, because she was a bit ticked. Explaining why, you know, like, really, did you have to go off and everything? Eklund responded with he didn't trust him, to which they got into a mini-argument about trust and everything. And, uh, Ek Eklund and Ek I believe it was during that conversation that Eklund revealed that he had a 300-man thieves guild on his- Like, he got on the bad side of a thieves guild while he was gone. Revealed that you got some people triggered. You hadn't yet revealed it was a thieves guild. Okay, and he uh, he also showed that he had an enormous scar, basically all the way across his chest, pr probably from some kind of sword. That's why oh, he wait. didn't want to trust people. Episode we're talking about is this episode. Yeah. yeah. The well, the episode one. we just the last episode we recorded. Yes. So yeah, that happened, and he was like, "That's why I don't like trusting people." Only for Tali to go like, "Yeah, fine, I get it." But because of trusting people, I found basically a family. So, you know, Eklund uh, was crying, but we didn't know it at the time. He took his eye out. <laughs> we joked. And now about we that. gotta explain. Now we gotta explain this, or people will think he pulled his eyes out of his head. <laughs> to the episode before this. Don't worry. So we've decided. We've just we've determined that at least for Eklund's case. Uh, Oriads do not cry, they cry mineral, so... He- it's like very, very low quality, either quartz or glass, I haven't decided. Glass would look more like tears, but quartz would be, um, more to the Oriad idea, like the rock elemental. I think it's gonna be quartz, like very low quality. He wouldn't spend it on much, but he likes to keep it to himself and make, like, small- Like, he might carve it into something that actually made him cry. To sort of keep his keepsake, he's a very—he's honestly a very depressed Oriad. <laughs> you don't say. Rafa will buy his tears though, and use them to threaten people. Huh? Oh! Uh, okay. That ominous image. Um. After that, we decided to finally open the chest. That oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, we got a chest in the old episode, in the previous episode from that one. Mm-hmm. But and Talia just went no. But this time, we finally opened it. We read the book that said, Read me first or now. We're debating on what that actually was. Read me now. Now? Oh, that's even more ominous. All right. Um, But, you know, we read it. It was the professor's journal. All of us started, uh, at least uh, Dahlia and Eklund both held back tears when we read the professor's praises for us from when we were working for him. I got distracted. <laughs> um, but after that... Uh, we actually read what he'd circled, which were all about the way and creepy necromancers. Through a good check from uh, Red and, and well, more of Azafa knew it, but Red was the one who rolled it. Whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, we figured out that the way is a group of necromancers that most of are actually undead, like, you know, liches and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, you know, that's awful. One of their most famous members being a whispering tyrant who's a really awful dude. Mm-hmm. Tarbafon. Yeah. So, no one likes him. 
Uh, hopefully, we won't have to deal with him. I mean, he was he was a a, a wizard king who ruled Avistan uh, at the end of the ninth century. He was killed by Aridin and then rose as a lich, where he ruled ruled Ustalov for centuries and was defeated by the Shining Crusade in thirty eight twenty seven. So you know that, that that's what we got to find out. Uh, I found out about the prison of Harrisdom, which had was a place that basically you used. But no one was in there long because it was where you killed people. Mm -hmm. Oh, there was a great fire that happened that uh, the warden died in as well, and his wife. Mm -hmm. uh, I never got a name on her, but I got the name of the warden who I do not remember. Uh, his name was Warden Hawkrun. Yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, and also a bunch of like five, four, five, five really big criminals were there, and I. There was the riot that made the fire happen, and they're pretty sure that those guys are why the riot happened. Mm-hmm. We found that out, and that was fun. We had a little bit more just general chatting. Talia, you know, tried to steal the the, the, the tears from <laughs> uh -huh. But got him to reveal it anyway. So, you know, we gotta figure out that fun of that. We relaxed for a bit, you know, chilled, waited. Talia wrote a letter. And then we met two uh, new dudes. Yep. They're happy! <laughs> we met Anton and Lufer, who gave us a letter for to give to Kendra. We got a chat a bit, we taught we pet the puppy. Um he made a joke, uh I asked another bird's name, which he I were assu Talia's assuming, Eklund is not assuming, jokingly said, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. So, you know, she she just shrugged it off. Eklund did not, and was about to go follow them. Talia stopped them. One more little discussion stuff. We waited Kendra got back, we gave her the letter, and then our GM decided to be a jerk and paused right before we shoot at it. Oh, the, D the GM a jerk. I, I resent that. <laughs> oh no, we're dead. <laughs> and, uh, he's fine. He's used to me calling him a jerk sometimes. This is true. I play a lot of games with him. I've also done crueler things, like kill my characters. <laughs> I mean, I may have killed several of her characters in other games. Uh, uh, two and almost three if I didn't use a special thing. Yeah. Uh, but that was our last episode. So, what questions does the cast have about those three episodes? That, I mean, some of them, my answers are going to be, well, I can't tell you that yet, but... What was that dude doing? The, the chairman. I was going to say, you're going to have to be a lot more specific about that dude. The, the chairman, uh, when Eklund was spying on him, he was just in, like, his room writing. I'm guessing it was just paperwork. Yeah, he, he, he's the town lawyer. He had papers he had to attend to. Ha! I was right! As far as you know. I mean, there wasn't a lot of questioning things. Okay. Alright, well then, let's go ahead and move on to... Reveal time. I knew. Uh, so, I have some questions about your characters, which, I mean, of course, I know the answers to, but the, our audiences probably do not yet. So right, I'm um, going to ask a couple of questions of each of you about your characters. Alright. Um, Let's start with uh, Eklund. Oh, okay. Hey! So, Eklund. Green, you're the sacrifice. Yep, or green. Eklund is a shifter, correct? Yes. Okay, so can you tell our audience a little bit about what shifters are? Because that's not one of the core classes in Pathfinder. And as far as I know, D&D doesn't really have an equivalent of it. Yeah, for D&D, you'd probably have to multi-class, like, Monk and Druid or Fire and Druid to get the same kind of thing. Or just have a or just have a wizard cast a very bad polymorph on you. 
Basically, they're sort of like druid. They basically are druid fighter kind of a thing. Like they, uh, they can shift part of their bodies. Like he can. Again, I'm very low level, and I'm a D and D girl. And honestly, D twenty PFSRD confuses the crap out of me. Like it's just, <laughs> it's like a very badly done fandom page. Um, really? But I have figured out enough to realize that, uh, like, they get aspects of animals. Echo's mm-hmm. aspect of the owl. I'm not sure which he he get he'll get he'll get more of them, and by like 18th level or something, he can like turn into three animals at once, which is honestly the entire reason I picked this class. <laughs> I want to play a chimera, but he um right now he's second level, so he has as- minor aspect of the owl. He can get a stealth boost. I've never had an opportunity to really use that that I actually bothered to. But uh, he also the power he uses a lot is he can create power on his hands. Right. I imagine that he still, his hands still look like hands, and if they turn into owl talons, he wouldn't be able to pick anything up, and he quite obviously can fight with a sling and a quarter staff while he has them. Correct. But I imagine his hands get kind of knobbly looking, and he sprouts like five-inch claws off of each one. He can vary the thickness and thinness depending on what he wants to do to a minimum of like half an inch and a maximum of like an, like, like an inch thick. Um, depending on whether he wants to, like, break something, or just slash something, or whether he's going for damage or finesse. Yeah. The difference in the game, I just, it's something he would do. I mean, he, I mean, he, he has, he's lived 70-something years of his life in the woods. It's also worth noting that as you go up in level, your claws will start to count as magic weapons to, uh, overcome Wait. damage reduction. That's awesome. They'll also start to do more damage. At fourth level, you'll be able to just flat out transform into a giant owl. Just gonna oh. be fun. <laughs> just like <laughs> the whole party annoying Eklund. Eklund turns into owl, flies away, comes back with a big rock. Just like, don't make me do it. <laughs> so, is there any deep dark secrets about Eklund that you would like to share with the audience, or you don't want to keep everything still close to the chest for now? I will mention that um, Eklund. I mean, I guess just the truth about him is when he gets, when he gets, like, very angry or, um, or depressed, he will go into the woods and just kill skin clean and tan an animal right there. Like, sometimes it'll be a, uh, like, at this level, probably a boar, but I'm imagining later in life, or, like, later, like, when he's, like, 12th level, he'll come back with, like, an, a, the, the, just a dead owl bear and, like, skin tan and clean it right there. <laughs> okay. Probably using his claws for the whole thing, because he doesn't have any bladed weapons. All right, so let's then move on to Yellow. Let's talk about Aliris. Hello. Okay. Aliris is... A kitsune and a robe. Correct? Robe? Rogue. Robe. <laughs> she has a robe, but she is a rogue. I am a robe. <laughs> hope you're not the robe and you are actually you. Right. I'm so confused. <laughs> so what is a kitsune? I don't have the entire, um, like, you know, I don't know, facts or like Wikipedia page about it or anything, but for all that I know, it's sort of like a fox person. Correct. I can change my form and whatever. Yep, they are they're shape changers. They can change from either a hybrid human fox to a 
full-on human appearing, or in your case, you also have the alternate ability that allows you to turn into a full fox. As a rogue, you, uh, you're, you're, you're sneaky and you pick locks and you sneak attack things. Mm -hmm. And since your second level, you picked up uh, your first rogue talent. And uh, you want to go ahead and tell the tell the tell the audience what your rogue talent is? Bleeding attack. Yep. So when that's all fun. Yep. So when she makes a sneak attack, she inflicts bleed damage on her target. <laughs> bleed damage sucks. And you have a. What is bleed damage? So bleed damage until it is healed. At the start of every turn, you will take that amount of bleed damage. Oh. It won't heal without either being treated or magic, um, which also means that if you go unconscious while you're bleeding, you're going to bleed out and die. You will not stabilize. Oh. Yeah. Yep. It sucks. I can kill people. You can kill people. I mean, if it's a, what about magic like spare the dying, which just stabilizes, at least in D&D? &D? Would that still work? That would take care of it, yes. Anything that does a ma any magic stabilization would stop the bleed. And Alyris, you have a couple of interesting possessions. All right, haven't talked about Fred yet. You haven't talked about Fred yet. Fred came from our prelude game where we were, uh, they were actually playing completely different characters, but I let them keep Fred. <laughs> and Fred is... Our mascot. If, if, if you'll allow it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Fred's our mascot. I was um, gonna say, if you're, if you are looking at our, uh, our podcast, the logo that we have has... A image of Fred on it. It is a small wooden dragon toy. Yeah, and his full name is Alfredo. But okay. we call him Fred because that's because that's shorter. <laughs> and he's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. You also have a cloak which you purchased with your payment from Professor Laura Moore from the Prelude. Yes, it was it was it was kind of expensive, but it can it can make bread and sometimes dirt and yeah. It's, it's really cool, because you can just get bread from it. But if you roll, um, like, I think it's a 6 on a d6. I, 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 I don't get bread, I, I get dirt. And then I dirt. I don't think that's good. You know? You can, you can always get dirt, right? Yes, you can always reach into your pocket for dirt. I wouldn't mind throwing dirt at people. Done You've that. thrown dirt at people. It is. I, I like throwing dirt at people. I can always get dirt if I need it. Do you have any deep, dark secrets you want us to know? What about Pumpernickel? Oh, yeah, Pumpernickel. Oh, yeah, Pumpernickel. Uh, I don't know if they know that much about Pumpernickel yet. Well, they do now. Pumpernickel has mostly been in the background. I think it has been mentioned that Alyris also has a, uh, a chicken. And the chicken I just picked up somewhere. I don't remember how she got it. I think she might have stolen it. Might have. That seems reasonable. Uh, a fox stealing a chicken? I mean, how weird would that be? Huh? <laughs> I thought of it that way. Yeah, but like, I didn't really... I don't plan on ever slaughtering or killing the chicken. The chicken is my friend. Her name is Pumpernickel. We get eggs. We can get eggs from her. <laughs> so Pumpernickel, um, I like to think, is this kind of brown speckled, a little on the small side, like chicken. And Pumpernickel is my friend. Okay. Yeah, do you got any deep dark secrets, Will? Elephants can't jump. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Azatha, then. Alright. So tell us a little bit about Azatha. Who, what, what is Azatha? Azatha is, despite her usual appearance, a Nagashi. 
is a snake person. Right. I don't know if, like, besides the six prequel episodes that we have done, um, it is mentioned, but yeah, um, her, she has a hat, her hat of disguise, which makes her look like a human, though she is not. Mm-hmm. Although it is a, it is a limited hat of disguise. It gives you one extra appearance, unlike a full hat of disguise, which could be used to make yourself look like anyone. Yeah. Yeah, so we have, like, one, yeah, different appearance that I use in, like, new towns if I want to hide my identity for some reason. Right. Like you did when you arrived in, uh, Ravengrow. Like you did everywhere. So, so far, the only person in Ravengrow, other than your traveling companions, who has seen you without your hat was Kendra. Right. We had to guilt you into showing us, bro. <laughs> yeah. In Illyregard Mansion, we're all like basically backing you against the wall. Like, <laughs> actually, yeah. no. She was, and then she decided to stop, and then basically did the look. We've all shared a secret here. We, we, I, I've shared a secret. Malaria shared pretty much a secret. You can tell us yours. Then Azatha and then Azatha was like, "Hey, you wanted to. I don't find it necessary." Eh, but we managed to get her to show us. Yay. What is your bloodline as a sorcerer? Oh, I have a celestial bloodline. Okay. Oh. Which uh, gives you your your first bloodline power is heavenly fire, which is pretty cool because it can hurt evil creatures or heal good cure creatures. Yeah, and I get to burn stuff. And you get to burn stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, Blue. Tell us a little bit about Talia. Oh, wait, wait, wait. First, does Azatha have any deep, dark secrets that you want to share? Or, again, uh, do you want to keep everything, let the audience discover it as they do, as they get to discover it? I don't actually really think that she has any deep, dark secrets. <laughs> yeah. About the snake. Oh yeah, my snake! I forgot about my snake! Um, yeah, so, um, in the year that, um, we were gone, um, she got a snake named, his name is Nala, that in the last episode, she brought to breakfast, and snakes are holy creatures to the Nagashi, so she, um, yeah, he's really special. Alright, well then, last but not least, let's, uh, let, let, let's, Blue, tell us about Talia. That's what you want me to tell you about. <laughs> so you've already told us most everything that I think people need to know about Gathlings. A lot of it came out in episode 9. I can do a quick recap. Alright, uh, Gathlings are born from a great fairy tree. Uh, all just one great fairy tree. Um, they're born alone. Their wings are made out of the seed that they come from. Uh, they don't know. I mean, they're, they're given a basic understanding of the world. That's it. They really like talking to people. They're gossip-loving. They love everything when it comes to talking. Although, they're also prone to ask lots and lots and lots of questions. Talia is an oracle. So, what is your oracle mystery and your oracle curse? Well, I already brought up the curse back up in episode 3. But, Mm -hmm. her curse is she is haunted. And the ghost that haunts her likes to move her stuff around when she ain't looking in her bag. And also, if she ever drops something, it gets flung 10 feet away from her in a random direction. It really takes her off. 
<laughs> I want to mention that uh, this, I, I don't think this has become too apparent yet, but Eklund finds it funny to jump scare her and watch as whatever she drops flies away. Like, because it just blows his mind every time it happens. It takes her off because sometimes she has to go like hunting for it. Like, where did it go? And your curse also, in addition to having that downside, ha- also has given you a couple of minor benefits. Yeah, I got Detect Undead, I think. Uh, actually, Mage Hand and Ghost Sound. Ghost Sound I gotta use on Alirus. Yep. Bear. <laughs> Most bears. <laughs> and your mystery. Uh, my mystery is the Life Mystery, which gives her the ability to channel, uh, and she's better at healing. Uh, that is actually where you got Detect Undead from. Ah. Does Talia have any deep, dark secrets? Um, yeah, I'll throw mine out. Okay. Uh, Stalia does she does her best to hide it. Uh, she struggles from depression every now and then. Oh. She, she's a, she tries to stay positive, but no, she's not always positive. The other thing is, she's also uh, very, very uh, dirty-minded. Uh, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, she loves gossip. Come on, she, she's her all. Everyone else got their pets. I never got to introduce Zarquin. Right. She is a black cat. Very, very fluffy. There's gotta be some way we can put the original drawing that Yellow did of Zarquin out there. We can put she, it on the But the board. idea is that Aliris gave it to Aliris gave it to Aqua. Um before we split ways. But, well no. <laughs> they met at some point just for like a few days on the trail, and she was like, hey, I want you to have this cat. And there's a comic about it. I don't know where it ended up, but basically, Echo's like, "Why would I want this cat?" Um, Zarkwin yawns and reveals that she has like this enormous snake-like mouth and a double row of teeth. Doesn't give her any attributes. She, she just looks crazy, and Echo just goes, "I like it." <laughs> we cannot have the snake mouth in Pathfinder. No, but it can just have a lot of teeth. Okay, but I imagine I imagine that Zarkwin was either like the weird one in the litter, or got like influenced by something. Like some aberration kept this kitten as a pet and just changed it a little bit. But then she got out. Doesn't change her very much at all. But she just looks creepy, and also her pupils are so big that her eyes are basically just this ring of yellow in her head. Okay. And when she gets scared, she puffs up so much that you can barely see her paws. <laughs> As Yellow put it, she basically just moves like a Roomba. <laughs> I also want to put in what here once again in case people forgot, because this is a very subtle mention in that episode. Yes, Talia met a group of gnomes. Yes, she has a crush. Ooh. Oh, she has not told them. Oh, she told most of them, but Eklund didn't hear. Oh, no, t- hasn't told her crush is what I meant by them. Sorry. Oh. Gotcha. All right. I feel like that is a good place to wrap up our first after party. Like I said, guys, if you are enjoying our after party, uh, go ahead and send us emails and letters and we will read them on the air. And if you have questions for the cast, put those in there and we will answer them here in the after party. Until next time, keep an eye open for Mimics, never feed a goblin, and something something dragons.